Forgotten Liam versus Evil. So, just back from America. Uh, it was fucking brilliant. It was excellent. I know you didn't ask me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, and when we were in Memphis, we stopped at the motel that Martin Luther King was shot outside. It right. turns out it's now a civil rights museum. Did Lena tell you this story? No. Are you sure? Yes. I thought she had. No, I'm not just uh, saying that for um, effect on the episode. I genuinely haven't heard the story yet. Right. So it better be good. <laughs> it's, it might be good. It's good for, if you know me and how neurotic I am. It's hilarious. But... Oh, no, wait, yeah. It turns out they've turned that motel into a civil rights museum. So, me and Lena went in, and they like going around museums. Lena actually reads all the stuff. I pretend that I know it all, and then I'll, I'll find out look one simple fact. Yeah, look at the pictures. Read the headlines. Right there. Like, I am a fucking genius. <laughs> so, we went in. Straight away, they're already quite kind of attitude with you, because they've got to put you through a metal detector. Right. Obviously, I'm quite neurotic. I'm like, right, shit, are they just doing this because I am a white man visiting <laughs> oh. the Civil Rights Museum? <laughs> You're <laughs> right. feeling... Yeah, bear in mind we're in the South, right? So we're in the South America, especially right now in the current climate. So I'm already feeling on edge. Stupidly, because there's no reason to, but I'm, I'm already feeling on edge. So we got to the first section, and it's about slavery and reading all the panels. And I'm like, whoa, man. Like, it is very... Like, I think me and Lena at that point were the only white people in the room. So I'm just like, oh man, I'm too neurotic for this. Like, did you feel I, Did you feel like an intense urge to apologise for people who happen to have the same yes. colour skin as you? Yeah, because you're reading all the things going, fuck it, you know what? White man, is, they're disgusting. <laughs> we are pricks. And our history is horrible. And you read it and you generally do, I just want to apologise to everyone on behalf of white men. <laughs> so... We've done that, we the next bit, which was... You know what, okay. actually, sorry for interrupting your story, but it's really hard being a white man, because you need to apologise for everything. We've been terrible to the black folk, we've been terrible to Native Americans, we've been terrible to, I'm sure we've been terrible to Indians and Chinese folk, we're terrible to women, we're terrible to people who are homosexual, we've been terrible to now, we're terrible to people who are transgender. When when did we get a break for apologising for, for being so horrible? Well, we stopped for being horrible. <laughs> and we've not stopped yet, so... Yeah. So yeah, the next bit, and it's like a theatre. So they're going to show a 10 minute video all about basically what you're going to see. So mainly I sat away at the side. So the lights go off and this thing's playing. So I got a tap on the shoulder. It's like a young black boy. He's like, oh, was there a phone in that seat? I'm like, no, definitely not. Still trying to watch this movie. No, there's no phone. Having a look around, like, no, mate, I definitely can't see a phone. So he just stands and kind of stares at me for about four seconds. It felt like 40, about four seconds and left. And his dad comes. I'm still trying to watch this fucking movie in the dark. He's like, eh, is there a phone there? I was like, I can't see it. So we start looking about a phone torch. Lena drops her bag down the back of the seat. Turns out there's a big dead cockroach there. So she nearly starts to freak out. Her stuff falls all over the cockroach. I'm starting to think, is this the fucking interactive experience? Like, have they just picked the two <laughs> white people to make them feel fucking like, just judge them the whole way through and at the end go, that's, now you know how it feels. Fucking suck on that. And like, if that's the case, fine, but I'd rather know because I'm too on edge. So I still can't see this phone. So he goes away. The movie finishes and the woman that's presenting it, like, presenting the, the screening, is like, did y'all find the phone yet? And I was like, whoa, I fucking 
Nathan just came in. How am I now in charge of this boy's phone? <laughs> so I look down. Eventually I find it. So I pick up. Like, yeah. Here's the phone here. I've missed all your movie. I now don't have a fucking clue about civil rights. But it's alright. I found his phone. He couldn't just wait 10 minutes. So I gave her the phone. I'm saying to Lena in the next room. You know what I'm like? I'm like, Lena. Is this some sort of fucking interactive thing? Like, have you signed us up for something? Like a reverse get out? Just to, just to seriously, like, play with my neuroses. She's like, leave shop. <laughs> <laughs> so we go into the rest of it and I'm looking and I keep getting caught up in the, kind of, the group that's behind me. It's just a, a whole black tour group. And at one point I hear the guy talking about something. He's like, oh, shit, some people won't like this, but something about the white man. I thought, right, has he just said that for my benefit? Because I don't care. White men are horrible and fucking call us horrible because everything that you're reading there is absolutely disgusting. So I'm like, great, right, I need to get away first because again, I'm feeling guiltier and guiltier. <laughs> get to a bit, it's all about Emmett Till, a young boy who was at, like, brutalised, murdered by these kind of white racists. So I'm reading that. Did not feel the entire group coming around me. Now, in the corner of this room, is this presentation about Emmett Till. 32 black people in this group surrounded that corner with only me in the middle <laughs> and the guy that was the, the tour guide of the group who started telling them all about the stuff. Now I'm in the middle of this presentation. <laughs> now I am every fucking white man that did that to Emmett Till. Everybody's eyes were on me and I was like, I am shrinking. I was shrinking smaller and smaller, dying inside. I was like, do I apologise? Do I just burst into tears? Do I... I what did I do? So, yeah, I, I usually went, oh, Lord! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, like, you That's what to do. I'd be really, really racist in the middle of all of this. Racist stereotypes. So, did you... Did you feel actually... Intimidated or feeling any not, kind of, not of... Inti- no, no, not intimidated. Like, when I stand there, I went, Liam, you're the only person in the fucking world that can go to a civil rights museum, get caught up in a black tour group and be at the middle with the guide with no way out. <laughs> no way. So eventually, there's like a young black couple and did, the guy so did looked they, at me. Did they know you were standing like then? Yeah, but because, I was, because I was reading the panel, it was like, no, the tour continues. This guy's just reading the panel. It's only I turned around and realised that, oh my God, I can't get out. So did you join the, the group guys, or did you pretend that you weren't listening? No, no. I, 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 I joined the group. How could I do that? I know how guilty like, I would feel. Stand and listen to him and be like, and just be like, oh, that's terrible, that's terrible. Or did you no, pretend like then, you weren't there and just as if you were really reading the panel? No, because I thought about that. But then in the back of my head, I'm going, ah, but what if this is a paid group? Now he's going to think I'm just getting a free <laughs> fucking tour guide. There's a white man just stealing the free fucking tour. I was like, no, that's, that can't happen either. So I looked at the couple and I was like, Oh man, yeah, I'm just really in the way. I better get out of the way. And the guy just burst out laughing. He kind of tapped me in the shoulder. He's like, It's okay, man. I got you. <laughs> and just let me go. I got up to Lena. I was like, We have to leave right now. <laughs> so I've not seen this bit. I was like, Let's leave right now. Because now everybody knows I'm feeling guilty and they're going to play on it. And that was that was my my story of the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis. Well, that's quite a good story. Did you I had feel- barbecue after it and it was excellent. The food was good in the south. Is did you feel um, in danger at any point in any place in the south? Did you feel like the people, white or black, didn't welcome you because you're an outsider? Uh, no, I felt. Yeah, we were driving through Alabama. We put the radio on, and there was just this fucking mad radio show uh, talking about how they're uh, demonising guns 
and the the, the anti-gun folk are just all really scathing. And I was like, what, how is this on the public? How is this on the radio? How is this even what people think? And it was actually 10 minutes before that boy in Texas shot like six folk. And I was yeah. like, how has nobody noticed what's going on here? So, yeah, the white man's way scarier than anything else in the South. You had posted, you posted up that you were in Alabama, and I was trying for ages to find a, a, a meme from uh, my cousin Vinny. You're in Alabama. I like to say, you killed a good old boy. I was like, I was going to post it up, but I thought maybe an Alabamian will see him, maybe he's hashtagged it and they'll see him and then they'll actually shoot him because we're making funny Alabamians. Do you know, for about fucking four or five days when I was on a holiday, I didn't hear from you at all and I just thought you'd fell out with me. <laughs> it turns out that just for five days you've been searching for a fucking <laughs> yeah, my, cousin, was, my cousin Vinny gif yeah. and because you couldn't do it, decided I'll just not talk to him at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started to get freaked out that if I make any jokes, an American would read it and take it seriously and you would be in trouble. I genuinely was sitting there. So I was being neurotic in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I did think that. Lena really panicked me before it, saying, like, you need to delete all your social media. And I was like, how? Check, in case you've said anything about America. I was like, but I've not. In the podcast, I was like, I can't delete anything I've said in a hundred and odd hours, because that's out there. So there's no way they're going to go listen to that. So we're fine. But I don't know that they say it was you. I was just so panicky about posting anything that they could arrest me for. Yeah. We're too neurotic for America. Yeah, I know. Like I, I, I've loved it for ages and wanted to live there for ages. But now, uh, even going on holiday, even like to Disneyland, I'd, I'd be shaking myself. I'd be shaking myself if, if like a gang walked past me or a person walked past me thinking they've got guns in them. I'd be shaking myself if the police went past me in case I get shot. I'd just, it's you know what I mean. I'd just be shaking myself all the time. That, the only reason you should be shitting yourself if you went to Disneyland is that you might be accused of being a paedophile <laughs> being the only one walking around the Magic Kingdom yourself uh, no uh, it's, it's a magical place for all paedophiles and children it's a magical place where all of us go it's what is that That's not for all that. for everything Disney has put out for all Disney product no, I think that was the Toys only song I the only theme tune you could come up with is Toys R Us <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh well. a, 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 an old toy shop that has since been in administration rather than any Disney product yeah I thought it was uh, I don't know what I was thinking anyway let's move on to this movie anyway we are back welcome to Scott and Liam vs Evil episode 108 I'm Liam and I am Scott and we've already forgot to do that you're Scott and I'm Liam but that's right well there you've done it there either, either way I'm Liam and he's Scott so episode 108 is my pick uh, I'll probably still put the poster out before we actually upload this so you already know what it is it is a fire in the sky from 1993 fire in the sky. what was that, that meant to I don't be? know I think it was a song is it not? that's what every time I think of this movie I sing that wee bit of that song I don't know what song it is though is it not Jimi Hendrix? fire in the sky maybe as opposed to what you done <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Fire in the Sky is available on Netflix UK just now if you've not seen it I advise you to do it or do it find out at the end how I feel about that uh, it is directed by Robert Lieberman it stars D.B. Sweeney Robert Patrick Craig Sheffer and C. Full cast and crew so a lot of other people uh, and the synopsis is an Arizona logger mysteriously disappears for five days in an alleged encounter with a flying saucer in 1975 meant to be based on a true story, or at least a true account of a UFO yeah, abduction. That's, that's, that's the fucking true story, man. This is true. This is going to be fun. Uh, so we'll play the trailer for Fire in the Sky, and then we'll be back to chat about it. 
How does it think? What makes it move? Why does it breathe? Questions anyone would ask about a man if they'd never seen one before. So for five days, a man was borrowed. The story that Travis Walton and five other witnesses told was so unbelievable, so unimaginable, that it has become the most famous case of UFO abduction ever reported. There is, there is quite a good cast in this this movie, or at least there's a bunch of faces that I recognised anyway. The wee boy from E.T.'s in it. Did you say his name? Uh, yes, I did. I can't remember. He was also in that recent ghost thing. Yes, the uh, Haunting of Hill House. Uh, Henry Thomas. I didn't Henry say Thomas. he was in it. Yeah, and also Bradley Gregg, who is oh, in yeah. Eyeball Chambers, uh, or The Vane's Death in Dream Warriors. Uh, Eyeball Chambers from Stand By Me, obviously. Uh, the Vane's Death in Dream Warriors, or the hero from Class of 1999. And he is a hero. Anyone in that film is a hero because Class of 99 is a classic. We've also got, and you did mention this guy, Robert Patrick, so you all know him most as the T-1000 from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. But I tell you what, Robert Patrick is a hillbilly logger. That hair and that trucker hat, I admire him. That's a good look. He's also sexy as fuck, even though he is pretty stressed and traumatised throughout this entire movie. Do you know what I looked at that and I thought, he looks so much like... Who does Norman Reedus play in The Walking Dead? Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, Daryl Dixon. Yeah, he looks the spit of him. I, mean, I bet you Scott's got a fucking horn on for him <laughs> right now while watching this. And I was correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, the guy, the guy, the main character is, is Travis Walton, and he's played by D.B. Sweeney. Now, this is a guy who's done other stuff, but nothing that I recognise. However, in this movie, he kept reminding me of Paul Rudd. Yeah, he looks a lot like Paul Rudd. Yeah. I'm googling him just now to see what else he was I in. I think it was like TV, different TV work and stuff. There was nothing that I recognised. Yeah, you're correct. There is. Yeah. Yes, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing worth mentioning. Um, which is strange because then it's in, in the nineties you get cast as the, the lead character, and he doesn't really look anything like him. So it's not like because he looked like Travis Walton, the actual guy. Because like I said, this is a true story. Um, it's, it's it's it doesn't make sense. I mean, he plays a good part in it, so as I'm not complaining about the acting ability. Just like I always wonder. What happens to some actors when they when they have like a star role in one movie and then do nothing afterwards? Do they just change their mind and go back to like an office job or you know what do they do? Yeah, probably. I think they just go to like a farm or just unused actors and just roam about, hoping for the next. Yeah, the next just part. struggling on the streets, just like I'll act for you. Just give me some more crack, you know. Mm. Suck your dick for a bit of crack. I'll do. A, I'll do a play. I'll pretend to be Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> You're a crack. You're a crack addict. You're out in the street. It's in the winter, and you you have to suck. <laughs> yeah, I. You got to suck a dick. What? Oh no! Wait. You yeah, said yeah, so I'll do be, a yeah, play. Yeah. So you be, you be like, and for now is a <laughs> winter of a oh, I'm discontent. The reason I was confused is because you're sucking his dick and performing a play. What are you getting from? From him? Back crack. Right, okay. So it's suck dick and perform a play. Then my my question, which I kind of get confused with there, is what play do you perform? Whatever one I just did there now. Henry VIII or Caesar or something like that, I think that is. I don't know what it is. 
Have you ever got like a play that? Have you ever got a play that you've practiced? Where dick in your mouth? Um, not yet, no. But if I was ever, a, if I was ever a struggling actor, crack addict on the street, sucking dick for for crack, then I I would practice. <laughs> I'd have a lot of free time on my hands. I'd, I'd imagine. I would perform the vagina monologues, <laughs> just so. Every time I said the word vagina, I could picture that that's actually what I was doing. You <laughs> and it would that, make... That, yeah, that that's what your mouth is, because you don't yeah. think you can really change the flip that round. I don't think you can flip reverse that. Yeah, big giant labies. Okay, okay. Big extended clitoris. Right. Um, right. Also the name of my new punk band. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to, we get introduced to our characters at the beginning. So we get introduced to Travis Walton, who is like a kind of almost like a hero or like a, 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 a like an anti-hero. Or what would you call him? Like he's he's a he's a rebel. He's cutting through town and he's motorcycle and he's driving in front of the the cars of people trying to go to work and they're like shaking a fist and they're going, "Oh, you, Travis!" And he drives <laughs> his motorcycle down the pavement and um, a girl's waiting for him and she gives him like a bag of donuts in the morning like for free like just you have to assume this happens every morning and he's just going away with that he's obviously not romantically invested in that girl because we find out later he's got a girl that he fancies so you know i mean what kind of this is setting him up to be this you know fantastic person of the small town that they live in um or a guy who just really likes donuts yeah possibly um <laughs> maybe he runs a tab maybe he isn't getting them for free um <laughs> So he drives up to to the the house where uh, the T one thousand is working on his truck. <laughs> What's his name in this? I don't know. What is his name in this? Mike. Mike. So he drives up to. I can just picture him there as the T one thousand. Yeah. Just behind Travis goes missing later on. He's just walking about saying, "Have you seen this man?" So he he's trying to fix the truck because they are loggers and they basically they drive into the woods and cut down a hole hell of a lot of trees I think or something along those lines I don't entirely know what a logger does <laughs> but considering how attractive and sexy you find that the logger look I'm surprised you've never actually looked into a Korean lumberjack yeah I know because, well, I don't really think there's a lot of loggers in Scotland we don't really have a, that many trees or I guess we do but... are you kidding are you literally <laughs> to put your name in the statement we live in Scotland we don't really have that many trees <laughs> Well, I live in a city. It's, it's, you know, it's difficult then. You can't really. I want See, to be from the country. I grew up in the country. I've moved into a city. I want to be back in the country. Although you're I actually, want to be somewhere where stuff shuts at like half ten at night. You're actually saying it like country, country, country. Yeah. Like, like you're a country boy. I'm a country boy. Also, this whole team Scott and team Liam thing. I think we've just cemented that everybody is now in team Liam. That <laughs> we live in Scotland and we don't actually have that many trees. <laughs> well. I don't know if they cut them down though as much. Like if people would change those. I can imagine they would. Right. Think um, about how how many things are made out of wood in your house. Where do you think they get that wood? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Aye, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Travis wants to leave the logging business behind, and he wants to start a business plan of um, with Mike, where the they are selling motorbikes. He wants to get a showroom. Basically, his business plan is a wee crayon drawing. Do you know what I mean? He's shown this. He's literally drove up to his pal's house in the morning and said, this is it. And he's called it MT, like Mike and Travis, but they're like MT. So he's, he's tagline is, uh, our prices are so good, our showroom is always empty. Like empty. And you're like, oh, haha, very good. You've drawn a fucking kid's shop 
and cranes on a bit of paper and you're expecting a man with a wife and two kids and a mortgage to just up sticks and just fucking go to it. This freewheeling <laughs> nonsense that you're spouting, Travis, is fucking daft. <laughs> I'd like that it a spin-off and it just follows Travis going into the bank with his business plan. Do you know what I'd imagine that would be like? You know, you know how in the, you know how in the, um, the wedding singer when Adam Sandler goes to the bank. Well, here, <laughs> I'm here for a job. I like money. I have a jar on top of my fridge that I have some money in. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. Like that's that's literally how I see Travis Walton displayed uh, in this movie. It's a fucking moron. And yet he wrote it. Well, yep, that is true. <laughs> we also get introduced to the fact that Travis is uh, banging Mike's sister. He climbs up on the outside of the house to her bedroom window. She's still sleeping. She's obviously also living with uh, with Mike. Um, and he goes up to her window with his donuts and she just wakes up. That's just, I mean, you just wake up. But also, you wake up calmly with someone staring at you, boyfriend or not, <laughs> and then they just smooch with morning breath. I mean... Maybe they're in love, whatever, I don't know, but brush your teeth first. Yeah, but it's only a wee smooch, it's not like a big a big one that you, the dragon breath will get you with. I suppose. Don't hate on the lovers, man. No, I was just that was just that was just what I noticed, you know, that's how my notes <laughs> run. Um so all the Hillbillies boys jump into the truck and they start driving away. There's six of them in total, I believe. Um there's there's Mike, and he's the serious he's the leader. You've got Travis, who's the uh, the fun free spirit you've got the guy who's got glasses on who looks like the serious one you've got Bradley Gregg who's uh, kind of somewhere in the middle playing the radio listening to the tunes you've got E.T. Boy who is just like a wee boy he's literally supposed to be just out of school like 16, 17 years old and then you've got Dallas the drifter who's like an asshole who wants to fight everybody and he tells Bradley Gregg turn off that radio I don't want to listen to that fucking music and he says, no, mate, man, these are pure tunes. I'm going to phone George Browie and tell him to put on bits and pieces so we can listen to it before we go into the woods. And he's like, no, mate, honestly, if you tell him I'm in this motor with you and give me a shout-out, I'll just I'll kick your cunt in, mate. And the, so, and that's how it goes. Huh? That Arizonian accent was yeah, incredible. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but, so I wasn't even entirely sure of the characters because right, okay, you've got that Dallas, he's, he's giving everybody jip, and you've got um, Eyeball Chambers who's like, saying, no, I'm going to keep listening to music. But you've got the guy with the glasses in the front seat going, oh, fucking kick your cunt in. He's the one that's actually saying he's got to kick folks' cunts in. And I'm like, <laughs> mate, you're not kicking anybody's cunt in. Like, I get it, wee specky bastard. Like, I know, I wear glasses, right? That makes you weaker than a lot of people. That, that, gives, you you, a, that gives you less fighting points. I'd give you yeah, a million mate. pounds if you went back to Netflix, put the subtitles on, and actually counted how many times he said, I'll kick your cunt in <laughs> <laughs> in this film. Yeah. If you have anything more than zero, a million pounds. <laughs> um, but it, it also doesn't look like a fun working environment because they're all pretty stressed and tense, but I mean, I guess maybe that's what loggers need to be, like rough and ready. Yeah. Well, I can imagine they will be. It's heavy work. Well, it is work, but I think it would, it, once you get out of the, the van and once you get into the woods, I think it would be actually quite fun, like kicking about the woods all day with a chainsaw. I think I could do that. I wonder why it's in such a rush, because it's not like the trees are going anywhere. <laughs> They've been there for the hundreds and hundreds of years, so yeah. they'll wait ten minutes. Do Do you think it pays well? No. Uh, probably not, no. because nah, they don't look as if they're really well off, they're hillbillies. This is also the early 90s, though. Mm, true. Nobody the, no, it's, it's, not, it's, 19, it's 1975. 
that's when it's oh, I shit, sorry, yeah. the movies in the 90s but it's the 70, 75 it, it doesn't um, matter the, the thing I said was an absolutely non void statement anyway it didn't make any sense <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's fine <laughs> pay, pay is relative um, <laughs> I think there was, there was an idea which well, actually we'll get to that idea later on once we actually discuss the possible reasons for abduction um, so, spoiler alert fuck yeah, sake. yeah. So they're driving home, so you, you cut through the day, right? There, there's some tension even during the, the the day. Fucking Travis is saying Dallas going to stop being a dickhead, and Travis is like, uh, Dallas is like, here's my chainsaw right next to your face, eh? You fear? And it's just like, guys, he's going to just fucking chop the trees down and stop being idiots. So, I, f- I totally wish Fire in the Sky was set in Glasgow. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what we should actually do. That's one of the projects we do, rewriting scripts for, for Glasgow. We need to prioritise this project list because we're getting just getting a bit silly. We've not started one project <laughs> yet. Started yet. <laughs> um, so they are driving home at night, and then they start to say, "Oh, what's that red light? Oh, it looks like a fire in the sky." Hence the title of the film. Um, so they get close and they say, "Did, you, did you underline and highlight that one in your notes?" Yes, first direct reference to the title of the movie. <laughs> uh, that was something I learned in English, higher English, or standard good English. My teacher used to fucking tivin like uh, I was going to say something about um, ejaculation there but my teacher was a female and I didn't feel comfortable saying that she she um or that she orgasmed I was going to say so let's just pretend he's a guy my teacher jizzed his pants every time he, if he read a book like Catcher in the Rye and he got a direct reference to the title of the book Scott, nobody would have known what sex your teacher was nobody would have cared if you just said my teacher jizzed their pants I know, but, but I don't you, know. Now, why, now, I, you know, now you painted the picture. Now we're thinking of your female teacher yeah, orgasm. Because, because I actually, because I, I painted the picture in my own head, and that's what made me feel <laughs> a bit uncomfortable. So I had to, I had to create a, a pretend character so I could see it. Because then you can say what you want about people who don't exist. Fair enough. That's how comedians. That's how comedians do it. However, that boy has just been sacked from Saturday Night Live for making a joke about a Chinese person. So. Have you seen what all the other Saturday Night Live comedians have come out and said? They're like no, the old guys. I've, I've only seen somebody um, put a gif of Jim or John Belushi or Bob, Bill, Bill, or whatever, whatever one that was on Saturday Night Live um, dressing up as like a samurai. So there was obviously yeah. cultural appropriation with that back then. So I don't know. I don't even know what the skit was. He's, he's basically joked about. I think he is meant to be quite a homophobic racist. Right. Like there's another comedy place near him locally. Who don't use them because of that, but it's old footage or old jokes, and then a lot of the new, well, Rob Schneider, like Saturday Night Live kind of alumni, I think saying, like, really sorry that you were going to be a part of the show during this current climate where everyone's just fucking butthurt and, like, you go dig up all the things that everyone's done in the past that was kind of acceptable at the time. So it wasn't, obviously Saturday like, Live's it, got, it wasn't even a joke you done on Saturday Night Live, it's a no, joke you've no, done no, in the past that's kind of like. It's old foot, like old footage of your stand up, but I don't know how old it is. If it's like like from a week ago or years ago, but yeah. I, st- I don't know. I don't know where I, I don't know where I stand on on stuff coming up from the past and getting judged by it. Like, it dep- I think it it depends, and I think it depends on how you like. If you do say say or do something in in the present as well, I think it depends how you react to a reaction, if you will. Like mm-hmm. I guess if you say something wrong, you should have known it was wrong in the first place. But if you didn't realize it was specifically wrong, and then people say yeah, this is wrong because of this, and then you look at it and say, yeah, you are you're right. I was wrong in this situation, and this is you know this is where I went wrong. This is what I would like to do to apologize mm-hmm. and fix it. Like I, I think 
I mean, I guess it. I guess it depends what it is you've done, but I think it's more if you if you've done something venomously, if it's if it was acceptable at the time to do it, like slapping girls and asses was never ex- actually acceptable. Deep down, everyone knows that. But then say like making certain jokes were maybe acceptable at the time because folk weren't offended. It's a hard thing. Yeah. It's, it's also a fucking massive tangent for fire on this guy. Yeah, well, it was actually made me think of a, of a, of a song that, I'd, uh, that I've heard recently, I've read about. This This song has been recorded in like the 70s, and they've just recently been told by radio that they're now banned from playing it. And they're like, oh, that's shite, man. It's not an offensive song. We've got a black person in the band, and we're singing about racial harmony and how everybody's like a melting pot and everybody should be mixed together. And they're like, well, it's, it's the use of the word... Um, it's a description of Chinese people that is uh, is where you cross the line. So um, <laughs> that song's still available. In fact, we'll play it at the end. So they're seeing it, not us, and you can hear. <laughs> let you hear what exactly it is that. Uh, right, but oh no, hold on. Because now you're going to incriminate me if it, the radios have banned no, it. If not. I then put it at the end of the podcast. Well, I'll put here's the disclaimer. The words used in the song are from uh, Blue Mink. They are not representative of Scotland versus Zero. There you go. And it was also Scott that suggested we play it, just in case. Yeah, I just want people to... I just want people, I've just i literally just said people should really apologise for their actions. Let's look at this, what these people done. <laughs> Judge them for it. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 let's go back to the movie, right? So, yeah, so they've seen a red light and they've stopped for it now, right? So my, my question's to you, right? Would you stop for a red light? As in a red traffic light or a red like light a in the red sky? red light in the, in, the, in the woods in the sky. No, I would keep driving because yeah. you're, you're still... I'd keep driving and looking at it to yeah. see what it was. Yeah. yeah. Would you investigate like a strange light in the woods? Mm, if I was with five other guys and we were all like hard as fuck loggers, mm-hmm. maybe. Okay. It's for something to do, isn't it? Would you leave me if I left the car to go investigate? Yes. Because I would go and investigate. I would, I would leave you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, at least you're right. Like that, that time I left you the train station. <laughs> yeah, no, fucking out my tits. <laughs> right, um, so, so that question was asked because Travis gets out of the van. He sees this light and says, oh, fucking wow, I'm going to have a look at this. And he runs over into, underneath it. And all the boys are watching him and they're like, Travis, get back in this fucking van, mate. This is, you're not on, this is, this is not happening. And uh, the red light changes to a blue light and he gets kind of, Go, it looks as if he's, he's going to turn to go back to the truck and he gets caught static and then boosh he gets knocked off his feet like lifted like maybe like three or four feet and his feet come off like but good what would you say he lifted his head reaches about like ten feet or something off the air throws him back about six feet so just so you know exactly what's happening in this movie <laughs> to be very very little um, and this so he's six, he's six foot back and ten foot in there yeah Right, okay. And this is when the boys watching him think, fuck this, he's, uh, they just say, yeah, he's dead, and they all just go, uh, yeah, he's dead, let's get the fuck out of here. And they do. The truck full of cowards, fuck right off. So what would you do then, if it was me that had just been sucked up into the ship? You weren't sucked up into the ship, you were knocked back onto your, knocked right, back sorry. off your feet. Fine, if I was knocked back off my feet, what would you do? I'd run over and grab you and carry you back to the truck over my shoulder like Forrest Gump and Bubba and drive off into the sunset. Am I Bubba Gump in this? Yeah. <laughs> You're forest. Yeah. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly my, my description of, of what happens to Travis Walton was very autistic, so I'm definitely fucking forest comfort. 
Um, the ET boy should be used to this by now, no? <laughs> you think he was raging that he was just, just constantly cast as the wee boy with the aliens? <laughs> yeah. And now he's just the wee guy with the ghosts, because he's in all of, uh, what's his face, his movies, the guy that directed The Haunting Hell House uh, in Gerald's Game. Mickey Flanagan, Flanagan yeah. Mike, Mike, Mickey Flanagan, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> yeah, he's gone out, out. Yeah, he's gone out, he's gone out, out. <laughs> For uh, anyone who doesn't know that impression, that was uh, Mickey Flanagan. Mickey Flanagan? Yeah. <laughs> one Mickey Flanagan, Flanagan directs movies and one Flanagan is... Is he Cockney? Cockney comedian, yeah. Yeah. So, not him. The director one. Anyway, um, E.T. Yeah. Boy was in it and I'm sure he's fucking raging about dealing with aliens again. Right, so they drive back. I don't know where they go, the pub or the, 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 the cafe or something, the diner. and they, or I don't know who they tell, in fact, what they do first, but they, they obviously say Travis has disappeared. No, they drive along the street and all the boys, get, um, Mike stops and says, look, I need to go back and get him. And they all get out and say, look, we're shaking ourselves, mate. I'm not going back. So he goes back himself. Travis isn't there. He goes back, picks him up. They go back into town and all that. Right, we don't know what happened. He's gone. Would you believe them? Uh, at first, obviously not. First, I'd be like, "Those fucking drunk loggers, man! What are they, what are they doing? There's not even any trees in Scotland. What are they logging? <laughs> what, what are they doing?" Uh, but then, as the, like as the movie goes on, if somebody sticks to their story that aggressively, then I'm like, "Well, obviously, this is what he thinks ha- has happened," and I would believe it, and I'd start to get scared. Yeah, because but straight away, I wouldn't. Yeah, they've got a lot of reasons to bail on the story. Because it's like two of them, it's, it's, it's described that two of the, the, the group have only been working with them for like a week or two weeks at this point. Like they, they don't have any loyalties as such as a group, mm. you know? Um, so they, they, and this, these, these, all these kind of different facts and that, these parts are like actually the truth, you know? These, they, were like, they weren't like a, a loyal group for years and years. They were freelance and just coming and going. And these guys had only been working with Mike for like a couple of weeks. So yeah, there's no, um, no reason for like Dallas and, and uh, Eyeball Chambers to stick to the story. So what would you believe them? Yeah, of course I would. Aliens, fuck I, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, 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 they're going along with the cops. They're telling the cops everything and they're saying, like, well, let's, go out to, let's go find the spot where, where it was. There should be an indent in the grass uh, and we'll see where we leave them. They, they couldn't fully remember, according to the movie, exactly the spot because they're looking and saying, right, this is it, definitely here. And then there was another copper who was saying, oh, no, here we are, this is Indent over here. And like, so the sheriff slapped them. Fuck sake, guys, tell us exactly where it is. He's just starting to look as if he's a lion here. But they're just, they just, I mean, it was dark. You don't know exactly where it was. As far as policing goes, that would actually show that the, the story might have a bit of truth to it because they're all over the place. They're panicky and they didn't take in the scene. If they all went to the exact place and said it was right in this spot, they'd be like, oh, how do you all know that exact spot? Like, everything looks the same. Shoddy yeah. police work. Yeah, Shoddy no, police work. And I think this is like another part of this movie there as well because the, they said that the cops told like the, say the weaker appearing movies like the younger guys in that uh, uh, weaker appearing members of the group if we confess they'll make us a deal. Like pressure confessions. How many times do police actually go for that? Like a false confession is better than no confession at all because then it looks as if they've solved the crime. Yeah, I call it and Netflix all the time. Yeah, exactly, I know. It's, I can't watch those fucking programs out. It's so upset that people are in jail that shouldn't be in jail. Yeah, like you, you're charged with a crime that has got circumstantial evidence that is looking to be. It looks as if it, it incriminates you. You know you're innocent, but they say, look, if you 
just realistically, we can't prove that you didn't do this. So you're looking at life in jail. However, if you say you did it, then I could get you five to seven years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're sitting in, you, that's a decision you need to sit there and make. When you know you never done anything, but there's no way you can disprove it. At what point in jail do you think it changes over from I am innocent and I really, really want to get out to I've been in here long enough, I actually wish I'd fucking done the thing. Like, I wish I had murdered somebody just to feel what it was like since I've done the time anyway. I think instantly, the minute I walk into jail, I would uh, put on a, a white vest and just start doing press-ups and then stab the first cunt I found. How would you manage that? With the first press-up, you'd hit the floor, I'd do laugh at you, you'd all be neurotic and nervous and you'd go into your cell and cry. I'd do, I'd do press-ups in my in my, my cell. I'd do press-ups in my cell for like six years, then stab somebody and then be king of the jungle. No, king of the jail. You would do whatever the, the head man of your cell allowed you to do you would be the girlfriend I'd be the girlfriend we'd both be the girlfriends to be or not to be you like poetry in jail as I know I doubt it's poetry it's probably just like you've got to take a dick and like recite old fucking two Ronnie sketches I don't know why the two Ronnie's is what's in my head I think I'm thinking about porridge <laughs> Can I start banging out fucking Hamlet with a dick in your mouth in jail? Because you are definitely getting shanked. <laughs> Wait, you giving it fork candles? <laughs> Wait. Right, so they also, the cops also want the boys to take a lie detector test. And this is another thing as well. A lie detector test it is absolutely mental that these are or were held as accurate in legal cases. Like, nerves alone can fuck up. Do you ever, you ever thought about something that you can't say in front of a specific person and then the whole time that you're talking to them you've just got an absolute fear that your mind's going to blot it out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like you in the Civil Rights Museum just standing in that corner just fear as if you turn around and say, like, say something like fully racist even though that you've, that's not you, you've got no intention to say it, you don't believe it and you, you know, agree but obviously like how horrible white people were in, in, in the past but standing there you're just in your head just saying, like you know, yeah, like, don't, yeah, say yeah. don't say the word, don't say the word, don't say the word. I'm not, I'm not saying you. But do you know what I mean? Your brain, yeah, yeah, wants you yeah. to say, wants you to fuck up. So, and that alone can just set your heart rate off. And do you know what I mean? They use it in, and sorry to use this as an example, but they use it in Love Island as one of the challenges where they where they lie detector test the guys and they ask them different questions. Who do you fancy the most? Or, or sorry, do you fancy um, this girl more than like the girl you're coupled up with? And then it's like. But they also ask questions that have been hotbed issues throughout the week. So the minute that question gets asked, the person just starts panicking and like freaking out, thinking "shit, I need to answer this truthfully." And then that shows up as like a lie and doubt on the on the results. So it's not a lie technically; it's a, a big reaction, like the the needles go further or something. So yeah. it's not an accurate case. It's just it's how you think about it. You ever see that old Beavis and Butthead when he says he says to fake a lie detector test, you just hold your breath. And he just holds his breath and then the guy takes like 15 minutes to start and he ends up just passing it. Yeah. It's funny. I would feel a lie detector test, even if I was telling the truth. Yeah, me, me and you are way too fucking wound up to manage to pass a yeah. lie detector test. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, next week on the history of the polygraph with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> We've been away for a couple of weeks I've done a lot of research on this movie since it's a true story. <laughs> We're back in the house, okay, so a bunch of days has passed. Oh, but um, allegedly true story. Well. Just to cover all bases, allegedly true. We're back in the house, and Mike's in the house, and his wife's starting to get a bit stressed out, and the phone rings, and she answers it, and then she's like, oh, I went, hangs up the phone, there's nobody there. And so that oh, keeps happening. 
Um, I think she thinks it's maybe the press or something trying to phone because there's there's no big case the papers and all that are involved. Um, and the phone rings again, and Mike goes, "Oh, I'll answer it." So he answers it and says, "Hi there, I've got a collect call from uh, a phone box in like whatever Jackson County, whatever you know, whatever it is." So was it just a coincidence that the collect call happened when he answered the phone because that was an operator that answered the phone? So there's no reason why all the phone calls before it for the wife would be would be plain and and, and quiet. Maybe just hadn't connected. Maybe drop. Maybe never put enough quarters in. Hmm. I don't know. Um. So I so this is that's been five days has passed and that's Travis come back. So they go and find him and they find him naked at a gas station in a wee kind of toilet, and he is freaked out to fuck man. But the first thing they did, rather than contact the police, even though they're all been taking lie detector tests and they're all suspects for his disappearance and potential murder because they don't know where he is, the first thing uh, Mike does was phone the UFO guy who'd, who's met him like in the street. Some guy came and said, look, I know what this is. I believe that it's a UFO and aliens. Here's my card. The first thing he does is phone the, the, the UFO guy. And that is actually a tr- true story. That has actually happened. That boy turned up and they done like a... T- like a ch- like a check for him, like looked in his eyes, got some DNA off him, got a sample of his pee before they told the police. Right, right. So you have turned up at a petrol station. I'm lying there naked, covered in some sort of. Was he covered in anything or was he dry? Uh, he was point? dry, but it was raining in the movie. Raining. Uh, so I'm sitting there all wet, all sexy looking, naked in a petrol station forecourt. You turn up. Who do you phone? Would you phone the UFO guy, or would you just be like, right, we need to actually get him help, or are you thinking, right, let's see what's happened to him and get myself off? Because that's the only reason they would phone the UFO guy, to try and get somebody to back up their story, as opposed to looking out for the naked guy who's just turned up after five days. I suppose that's a good point, I to corroborate the story. So what would you do? I wouldn't have thought of that, I'd have just been like, phone the boss. See, that's... That round phone the fucking UFO guy, what's the UFO guy going to do? He's got enough time to make business cards telling everyone he's a UFO guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's not I, useful in this situation. I actually, I googled it to try and see if the UFO guy, because he brought a photographer in the movie, if they took pictures to see if those pictures exist, and uh, they were they haven't been published, if they do exist, so I don't know if they took pictures. If you search Travis Walton, the only picture you get is that weird 1990s moustache headshot picture. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Travis had been missing for five days, and even if even if, because there are people who believe that they were faking it, for reasons that we're all about to discuss, even if they were faking it, that's a long time to go without food or adequate amounts of water because they'd done tests on him when they did get, when they did eventually get the police in the, in the ambulances and whatever hospital uh, care. They, they said he was dehydrated and had not eaten in all that time. So if he's just kicking about in the woods in the nude, do you know what I mean? That is, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's dedication to the craft to, to fool a bunch of people. But I don't drink that much water. I'm always dehydrated. My pee constantly smells like sugar puffs. And I don't eat a lot. Like a snack. I can go like two or three meals without eating anything. So if I get found out, they might think, oh my god, he's been away for days. Look how dehydrated he is. He's pissed stinks of sugar puffs. But I'm not about to do aliens. That's just my diet. My poor, poor diet. <laughs> okay. And that is the fact. So there you go, moving on. <laughs> um, so Mike sneaks into the hospital to go and see Travis and uh, to say to him, like, are you alright? Uh, well, the rest of it. And Travis is angry at this point. But he's probably had, like, fucking serious rape trauma. 
but um, Mike's uh, he's like and he's so he's lying in the bed, fucking serious like I say serious rape drama, and Mike turns up and says, "Oh, I'm so glad you're back, man. I'm so glad you're back." And then he's like, he doesn't speak to him, ignores him. So Mike goes, oh, but it was your fault for getting out the bloody truck. Like, right then, can I, you know, it was your fault because you wore a short skirt. <laughs> so I mean, you can't victim blame here, the dick. Um, so he's, also, he's, serious, serious rape trauma as opposed to tame trauma? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, is uh, joke rape joke, trauma? Yeah, joke, joke rape trauma. Yeah, well, I don't know. Um... So Travis is still kind of kicking about in town. He's, he's he's out of the hospital, but he's still fucking fucked up. Man, he's not really seeing anything. He's got bruises around his eyes, and he's sitting out in a in the car in the street when he's um, I don't know who it is. Maybe his girlfriend. Somebody's in the shop, and these wee kids come to the window with a newspaper that's obviously got the headline story of Travis in the front of him, and they're like, "Can you sign it? Can I get your autograph?" I'm like, "Imagine that newspaper existed with his autograph on it." I mean, the the, the book. I tried to find the book. It's out of print and goes for like eighty bucks. So that paper would be worth that fucking shit ton, but I again, I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know if it would. You sure? If there's you, a, there's a yeah. right, listen, see underneath when you try and search for the book, someone has got a signpost from the woods area. There's nothing even written on the signpost. It's just an old rusty yellow signpost, and the, the sticker, the, the signpost thing is a triangle. It's all yellow and rusty, and they're selling it for two and a half grand. Which is nonsense. I could phone up the paper and now claim I've seen a UFO. The advertiser would ninety five percent sure print it because there's no a whole lot else happening I would sign that and just sign it and people would buy it because it's my story in the paper MD can get in the paper no, but, no, you can, but you can like, he, grow big tomatoes and get in the paper you can't there was a guy in the, the paper day because his Yorkshire pudding looked like a Yorkshire Terrier <laughs> <laughs> that's actually quite cool did you save that picture no I didn't did it look that, like a Yorkshire no, Terrier no I don't think it did no did it look any sort of Terrier looked like a weird Yorkshire pudding I can kind of see like nose and eye spaces but well, that's, that's already more terrier than pudding if it's got <laughs> eyes and nose yeah I suppose um, so after the kids sign get him to sign the autograph the police comes over the, the uh, Frank Waters is his name Like, and he's still busting their chops do you know what I mean I'm like he's back and he's alive surely there's no crime why is Frank Waters still there yeah why I take it he was then there in real life. I suppose you would still need to investigate where he'd been for five days. Yeah, but why? I could just disappear for five days. I but you can't, you can't just as a as a policeman you can't just go ah oh, fuck it right all this police time police money wasted for five days it's fine he's back now just let's forget about the whole I, thing. It, it's, it's almost like it gets a bee in his bonnet to like say well yeah you said that you were abducted and I don't believe you so fucking I'm going to prove that you're a lying bastard. You're like why? Why do you care? Just you know. Drop it and move on. <laughs> but what if he's like involved in some sort of massive drug crime? Well, then, then investigate it, but there's no reason for thinking that's the case at this moment. Well, there's every reason, because the only thing they think has happened is a UFO abduction, which none of them believe. So anything could be possible. Back yeah. off the fucking cop, man. Right. <laughs> um, so we, we see Travis trying to... Uh, you know, reintegrate yourself back into his, his life and they have a kind of welcome home party for him and all the loggers and stuff are there. You know it's got to be a rowdy party, man. They've got to be fucking shotgunning beers and eating eating barbecued sausage and then taking shotguns at the back and shooting cans and stuff and it's just going to be a wild time. It's going to be great fun. But Travis... He's... Your idea of a fun party <laughs> yeah, is way fun. different than my idea of a fun party. <laughs> 
Travis can't cope. Shotgun and beers and shooting cans out the back. Woo! Party like it's 1999, Scott. Absolutely. Um, Travis goes into the the kitchen because he can't handle those people, right? And he's uh, something happens. I can't remember. He sees something or whatever, and he gets a fright, and he hides underneath the table. And the maple syrup falls over, and it tips on the table, and it eventually goes to the edge and falls down on his face because it falls on the table. This obviously is just a setup to create a, a movie scene where we get whoosh, we get a flashback, and we get a flashback of the abduction. And this is the part that. Has more horror this. elements than in Bruges. Yeah, this is the payoff to this movie. This is this this end part of this movie is 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 what you watch it for. However, Travis Walton's account of the abduction is different from the movie. Now, obviously, the movie is more sensationalist, uh, but in his account, there was no anti-gravity stuff. So, in the movie, he wakes up and he comes out his wee pod and he floats about and he's like tied into like an umbilical umbilical cord and he pulls himself back in there, there wasn't really that in the, in his retelling he woke up on a table and there was a few beings around him he got up and kind of knocked into one of them and knocked into it and, he, and it fell over and it fell into two others and then they all kind of fell over they didn't really have any weight behind them or strength it appeared um, and then they just got up and walked out of the room to which he followed them down a corridor and then they all turned right and then he turned left and he explored the ship a wee bit See, that, to me, then, that's bullshit. Like, if I... If I've took something... If I've took a, a mouse to experiment on and I put it on a table, it eventually wakes up and knocks me over. I don't just then walk out. I fucking try and get my subject back on the table so I can operate on it. I don't just walk away and then let that roam about my house. Maybe they, maybe they will add we need to get more people here because he's he's quite strong so this isn't we're not going to really stop him here maybe they didn't want to do anything maybe they weren't fearing him maybe they, they didn't want to keep him contained because it's, it's suggested that he was uh, abducted by uh, the greys um, a species of, of alien that we, we are aware does exist and has visited earth before so he's been abducted by the greys and they try and take samples um, from humans um, so basically like you get to see this what the movie portrays it as um it looks like what laser eye surgery would be like. They put this wee pinprick right in his eyes and can't, you can't blink, you can't look away. But I think in real life there would be more ass and dick probing. However, the the movie does make the abduction look terrifying as fuck. But they, so the greys do that. They, they uh, like extract all your kind of fluids and samples and stuff from you. Whereas if you get abducted by Nordics, they, uh, they, they do it the fun way. They, wow. they, they, they milk you. For like five, you know, they, 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 they enjoy you enjoy that one. So that's if you want, if you're going to be abducted, you want to be abducted by Nordics, so you can get milked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the but why why do you think they blow the dick and ass probes? Because when you first discover masturbation, you learn everything your dick can do and look the spacey. Well between page 32 and 34 of the Little Woods catalogue. <laughs> uh, you've you've worked out everything that your dick can do, so why would you need to keep probing it? After all these years, surely they would just leave the dicks and ass alone? I don't know. I think they'd just check to see if this dick's the same as that dick. But I think after so many abductions, they just know that all dicks are different. Just be happy with your dick. Well, I've got a story to tell you about dicks after at the end of this movie, I tell you that. 
Oh, can't wait. Let's <laughs> <laughs> run through the best part of this movie because I want to hear about these dicks. Um, yeah, so it's, it just looks terrifying. They put them in the movie, they put them on a bed, and they put this kind of white sheet over them, and they, it just sucks down, pulls them in tight, and then he pulls his head out, and that's when they hold them tight and like start poking about his eye holes. But it just, it's a scary, and the aliens are there looking at him as well. They're kind of, kind of like a, the greys, the way that the greys are described, however, they're obviously like a, an orangey brown, these beans that's in this movie. But it's, it is a horrible, horrible looking scene. But I've I seen it on like a wee clip from a, from a UFO Facebook page I'm, uh, group that I follow, and it was like a kind of, like a accumulation of different kind of scenes of alien abductions and whatnot and this one came up and this one stood out to me because the rest of it's just all fucking nonsense cgi people have done on their own it's like it sounds you want i want to be in like an actual ufo group where people are all serious about it but <laughs> the world is why are you laughing at <laughs> because but, that group would be so sad you <laughs> and the other three folk that go i just want a group where people are serious about the ufos <laughs> the, the group that i'm in it's probably got, I don't know, like 150,000 people in it, and it's all fucking morons, and a lot of them, no offence intended, are all from South America, Brazil quite a lot, posting videos saying, what is this, is this, is this real aliens, and you look at it and you think, that is like, literally, I've photoshopped that, I've done that, like, that's how bad it is, like, there's absolutely no way in hell that that's a real thing, what are you, why are you posting this, thinking that it's a real thing, but... And other people post and say, look at these alien abductions, and it's all scenes from movies and that. You're like, the, you know, the scene for signs where the birthday party <laughs> captures the alien walking in the background and that. People are like, oh, how come nobody, this should be on the news? And you're like, you actual fucking morons. Seriously. And yet you are still a member of each of these groups. Yeah. <laughs> but, so this this, we see, this movie, it was, was all playing through Facebook, and I seen that scene a bit from Fire in the Sky, and I just looked at it and I thought, that's Fire in the Sky. And I, do, I don't know why I knew it. I thought that I'm going to watch this movie because I hadn't seen it at this point. And I thought that's that looks pretty cool. That looks like a real abduction. That looks quite scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I really do enjoy the way they have done the abduction scene. It's probably the best abduction scene in anything. It's so fucking haunting. It's a nightmare. It's like Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. It's just constant nightmare scenes and even though the alien guys look like the trumpet player in the cantina scene in Star Wars they all look like him it's still terrifying and it makes the trumpet player all the more terrifying the next time you watch Star Wars <laughs> yeah but so that's basically almost where the movie ends but I tell you it's in real life over the years not one of those guys has ever changed their story not even uh, when the, when a reporter recently, she was giving them kind of small changes and details to try and trick them, and they were like saying, "No, that's that's not right." That's that. and and the, like when this happened in '75, okay, so there's been a long time where they haven't been repeatedly telling their stories over and over and over again, but like they're still their stories are still the same. One guy yeah. was even offered ten thousand dollars to like, "Come on, come on, tell the truth, <laughs> come on," and he, and he still didn't. To us at this point, I would just take the $10,000 because if nobody's believing you now then they're not going to believe you I know but so, I think there's, there's a lot to be said about integrity I don't think I could say that I was a liar when I knew yeah it's it. overrated <laughs> and it's not worth as much as 10000 <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it ends in this movie that we see Travis who he's now I think he's married to Mike's sister and he's got some kids and he looks as if he is now fine like he's got over it you know he's a rape survivor and he is like ah, I'm good man I'm, I'm good and he goes to the woods and 
we find out that uh, the T-1000 has left his wife and he's now living in the woods. And just when I thought he couldn't get any sexier, he grows long hair and a beard and is wearing a cowboy hat and a sleeveless denim shirt. Fucking boner town. That's what he's living. You're literally describing me in the last three days of my holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah? You're in boner town as well then? Yeah. To I, I myself. <laughs> but I do give myself a bit of a boner, so that's fine. <laughs> Reminds me of that scene in the uh, Haggard by Margera's movie where he gets uh, Ryan Dunn to uh, jerk off to his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, so apparently like, Mike's supposed to be living in the woods and he's just like said, you know what, like, I can't deal with this shit, man. Like, you know, so I'm out. And that's, that's yeah. pretty much how it ends. And it ends and it says uh, Travis Walton has... Uh, continues to say that he was abducted by aliens. He has written a book uh, that this movie is based on. He married uh, Mike's sister. He has two kids. He still lives in uh, uh, wherever the town is and he works as the foreman in a, in the milling company. Mike got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what he, that's what you get. Mike got divorced. Which is in the region thing that this all started because Travis got out the fucking motor. Yeah. Mike's marriage has crumbled yeah. he's living in the woods like a fucking sexy cowboy hermit and Travis is the happy one and he caused it all yeah now they everybody did, else is probably dead they did say there is speculation that perhaps uh, Mike had taken on either too much work in the logging contract that they had got I think yeah, I'm assuming they were either getting logs for the, a company or clearing the way for a company to move through I don't even entirely know what the contract involved however they either had taken on too much work or they weren't going to finish it in time, but there was no way to get out of the contract. So there was a suggestion that they cooked up, that they invented the whole thing, Travis and Mike, to get them out of the contract. It was like a legal loophole that got them out of the contract. And I think this whole situation did get them out of the contract. So that was, that's what people say. You never get abducted by aliens. You were trying to get out of the contract. Whereas you think you'd be able to just say, listen, the contract's no for me, can we? Come to some sort of agreement as opposed to pretending you were raped by aliens for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I suppose that is that is true. There's also um talk of Travis Walton and his brother, who his brother's kind of involved in this movie, but he basically just shows up to tell Mike I'm gonna kick your ass unless you find my brother kinda of, a couple of times. But Travis and his brother were both into UFOs and like telling stories and looking at the sky and trying to find them. Also, it was said that the either the movie or the documentary in the seventies of the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill who also got abducted by Greys, that their description of the craft and of the aliens that they've seen were very, very similar to, or how they were portrayed on this documentary or this movie, were exactly the same as how Travis described the aliens that he had seen. Now, you could look at that two ways. That either confirms Travis's story or discredits Travis's story. Yeah, I mean, it's up to yourself if you're a sceptic or not. Your knowledge of alien and abdu- aliens and abduction stories far outweighs your knowledge of... Uh local fauna in Scotland <laughs> so <laughs> so that that's impressive I suppose if you look at it that way yeah well, but honestly if anybody listening to this now is actually is remotely interested in UFO or UFO, UFO phenomenon then uh, or, or, or encounters and abductions look up look up the real story of Travis Walton if you can get a copy of the book fantastic look up uh, Betty and Barney Hill they were abducted um, before that in like the 50s I think um, have a look have a read at those stories it's, it's they are really good and if you want a, a serious UFO Facebook group, not a joke one like all the rest, not one heavily 
populated by South Americans who don't or have never watched a Shyamalan film, <laughs> then just add Scott on Facebook. Just start a wee group together. It'll be nice. It'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. Do not add me in. I'm going to make don't a. You know, what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a, a, a thread in the flick chat. Aliens. I hope nobody posts it. Do you know what, I'm actually going to just keep posting random joke pictures of aliens and hopefully that will catch on. <laughs> like screenshots for signs. Is this, yeah. Scott, have you seen this? Is this real? <laughs> but that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking wrap it, man. <laughs> and I'm going to do it for the next few nights until this episode drops so folk <laughs> genuinely think that I'm being serious. Oh, that's going to be good. Uh, so, I, what's your final summary of Fire in the Sky? You'd seen it before we picked it for this episode then? Yes, I had watched it once before, recently, before you picked it for this episode, so this is my second watch. Um, so, my uh, my final submission. The encounter in this movie has to be the best representation of an alien abduction that I've ever seen. Terrifying, and such a good payoff after such a good movie as well. The story is well paced, and even though we're always believing that he was abducted, they do manage to display the disbelief and the suspicions of the cops and the townsfolk. That examination scene, fuck, wow, man. I'd prefer to be abducted by the good aliens, the ones that milk you the fun way. Uh, as a movie, it's brilliant, and it floated right under my radar until a few months ago. I did know about the Travis Walton story, though, because of last podcast and I left right enough. They've done a good episode on it. They also do a good episode on Betty and Barney Hill, so if you don't want to read up on those abduction stories, go and just listen to their episodes. Uh, this movie, uh, absolute solid four anal probes out of five. That is... It's a whole lot of solid anal probing. Yeah. I've got a wee, uh, I've got a wee second. Yeah, I've got a wee second. Actually, do you know what? I may have already said this. Let me just read this before you give me your submission. Uh, final submission. The actual story, though. Do you believe it? I'd like to. Do you believe it? I'm asking you now. Before I give my summary. Yeah. Just answer uh, like yes. Do you believe them? Yes and no. I believe something <laughs> weird happened, but now that you say about the logging contract yeah well that's what I've got here so I'd like to believe it but the idea that Travis and Mike cooked up the story to get out of the logging contract it's a compelling one and it is known that Travis and his brother were UFO enthusiasts and regularly watched shows and read about them also cooked up stories about them so they they told they made up stories about UFOs as well for fun Uh, over time one of the leads uh, aside from Travis stopped leading the story so I don't know if it was Mike or if it was Mike's uh, or if it was Travis's brother and somebody else took over, you know, like dealing with press and like saying that this mm-hmm. this happened. Um, and also recently, before this story came out, the televised story of Betty and Barney Hill had been on TV. Uh, Travis' experience of the craft and the aliens bore striking resemblance, although that is a reason he's lying or a reason that he isn't. I realise that I have already said that, but I just wanted to re-emphasise it. So what is your final summation on the movie? The movie is excellent. I only watched it recently as well for 1993 in the summer series for Podcast Under Stairs so I had uh-huh. to watch this in my year and it was brilliant I can't believe I haven't seen it because not as much as you but I'm quite into aliens and the alien lore whether I believe it or not is a different thing but I like reading about it so I'm surprised I haven't seen this the the abduction scene is a fucking total nightmare like Jacob's Ladder like I said earlier it's just, it flashes up horrible things Everything in it looks natural and looks believable. Like that could possibly be what would be on a ship if there were ships and if they did come to get us. Why they would come to get us is beyond me because the human race are are shit. 
<laughs> See if you have the technology to get to our planet to watch us, then you're already above us. So why 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 experiment on us? Experiment on cats, they're better. Uh, so this film is excellent. Robert Patrick is brilliant and you actually you never really acknowledge how good he is as an actor because he's always like American Beauty, he was the he was the, the neighbour. He's excellent in it, but in that movie you're talking about Kevin Spacey, you you you, you never talk about Robert Patrick. Whereas yeah. this I think he fucking shines. Yeah. He's excellent in it. And but do I have issues with it? I do feel like the whole start but up until the abduction basically does drag out a wee bit. It's kinda ham fisted in places and but that that's looking at it after years of reading things, so you're going, Oh, that's all been done before, but it wasn't really done before at the time. So I suppose that's unfair. Uh, yeah, I'd three and a half out of five. Between three and a half and four. I think it's an excellent film. I think the end of it is a fucking four out of five all the time, but the start maybe maybe drops at point five. Yeah. Week, I'll, I'll decide next week. I'll tell you on next week. Yeah. No, I'm 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 agreeing with that. So that was Fire in the Sky from 1993, still available on Netflix to watch, in case you want to check it out. Uh, so we'll play something, not decided yet, and then we'll be back to close out the show. Help! Help! My baby's falling from that tall building over there! Fear not, for my laser eyes will catch her! <laughs> I, wait, no, I don't have that power. I don't have many powers. Well, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Burnt Face Man and his sidekick, Crowboy. No, no, just me. Okay, then, just Burnt Face Man. Hmm, my burnt face sense is tingling. Someone is in trouble. Burnt face, man. Thank God. My girlfriend's trapped in that building over there, and it's on fire. I can't see a fire. Or smoke. Well, there is a fire. I'm not lying. And and if you save her, I'll give you this Sega Game Gear. Keep hold of your high-tech gaming system. I laugh at danger. <laughs> oh no! It was a trap! So, we meet again, burnt gay man. Well, if it isn't my old foes, man-spider and bastard man. I knew you were behind this. Calm down, baby. Have a piece of cheese. Well, okay then. Mmm, <laughs> that was nice. Yum yum. I, I don't think it worked. His immune system is proving strong. Well, maybe I could poke his burnt face. That would surely hurt him. Ow! Don't do that. I'll poke you all I want, burnt gay man. I bet you're gay. That is not true. I am not gay. I've got a calendar with naked ladies on at home. Liar! Liar! <laughs> Liar! See, ah, ah! They'll rip your fucking ankles off! Ah, do something, man spider! Oh shit, let me think. Ow! That was a rock! You can't throw rocks, I'm telling! I'm telling of you, I'm getting you done!
Oh shit, what, what if he tells on us? I can't get done again. Calm down, calm down, we can lie and we can say someone else did it. Oh, okay, but, but we should hide for now. And that's all for now. Next week, Burnt Face Man gets raisins thrown at him. Hmm, I can't see that happening. So, have you been watching anything? We've been away for a, a while. Obviously, I was on holiday and then our work schedules just did not compute. So, we're back now. Have you been watching anything else recently, Scott? Yes, obviously I went... not Scottish nature documentaries. <laughs> obviously, oh yeah, obviously. Um, I went to the cinema to see a kind of independent movie um, that I had never heard of, uh, but it was called A Million Little Pieces. Apparently, this is a true story as well. Um, but it stars Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, co-written by him and his wife, directed by his wife Sam Taylor Johnson, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson, starring uh, Giovanna Ribisi, uh, starring um, who else? Uh, Juliette Lewis, quite a, a bunch of good cast that's in this movie. But I tell you what, I did not know, I was not expecting, but uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and also Giovanna BC get naked. And Aaron Taylor Johnson has caught a fucking massive dick. Like, you get, I, this is I, this is nearly two weeks ago I've seen this movie and I'm still going on about this. I, you, have, you have no idea the size of this guy's willy. Like, honestly, I've got, I mean, it's fucking, it's, it's fucking huge. It's, Wait, so it's, this guy... In a, this guy is a massive dick in a movie directed by his wife. Yeah, you, know, you can see why she's always got a massive smile on her face. I tell you, I don't know how the guy <laughs> managed to sit down in a pair of suit trousers. <laughs> Not maybe thinking that he said to her, listen, make this bad boy look bigger in the film. So <laughs> no, jealousy. I swear to God, man, you watch this movie, you, you'll literally watch it, you'll be like, right, okay, what's the fuck? He can't be, what is he actually talking about? It can't be that bad. And you'll be like, holy shit, that is literally... If that's a full Matheson smoke pork sausage, you know the ones that saw was that's bent when that's circle. This is the whole thing straight out. This is a big floppy huge dick floating about, man. I can't go back and watch it now because <laughs> if I watch it now that this conversation has happened, I'm only going back to watch it for a dick, and I refuse to watch a movie just because I want to see the size of somebody's dick. It's Honestly, not happening. It's impressive. It's very impressive. It's I'll take I'll take your word for it. I, I'm. I'm surprised you're as obsessed with <laughs> this. You could fit, you could fit like fucking seventeen in my hard dicks inside this attic, man. <laughs> it's huge. What kind of play do you think you'd be able to get out while you had that dick in your mouth? Oh man, you could get the fucking holy water and piece it. <laughs> fucking length at once. <laughs> that's really Is what it? I had to. That's really all I had to say. I just had to. I had to just tell somebody about that. Maybe that's it. You should review movies from now on. It's only a five out of five if there's a massive, huge slong that you think about for the next two weeks. Then it can be a five out of five. <laughs> Is that all you've watched? Uh, I think How many times have you watched it? Did you no, go just, back just, just to watch it? Like? No, just the once. Just the once. Did you pause it? No, I was in the cinema. Right. I suppose so then you didn't take a picture. Maybe it, maybe it looked bigger because it was in the cinema. No, I looked honestly. I, if you get the chance, watch it, stream it, or whatever. You, you will not be you will not be prepared for even after me just laughing and joking about it. There, you will not be prepared for what you see. I mean, you should message him this episode and try to get him to come on because if somebody contacted me and said, "Listen, this podcast was talking about how huge your dick was," <laughs> and they want you to go on and talk to them, I'd go on. <laughs> I'd I'd try and milk that uh, hero fable for as long as I could. You wait. Milky's hero fable. Well, apart if it's that fucking big, yes. Why is he just what happens there? Uh, 
So nothing else of of note. Just <laughs> three or four weeks is the only movie you care about as the one with the big dick. Yeah. No, actually, I tell you, I have also watched Assassination Nation. I don't know if you've watched it yet. I've not. Okay, it's quite good. There's a lot of themes. That I think I might actually watch it again at some point to see exactly how I feel. But it's quite like on the nose in some themes. But then there is also parts of it that's like that's I'm actually like you know what that's quite bang on and actually quite scary. Basically, um, a whole town's uh, social media is like internet everything gets hacked and it all gets put up private so all the private messages all everything they've done even if it's even if they're happy to have done it like between say two people sending like nude pictures whatever it's still supposed to be private so the minute that's through it to everybody and everybody's got an opinion the whole town just goes mental but one thing I did notice and it kind of annoyed me a wee bit is that there's a there's a trans actor in it mm-hmm. um, the the actor, she's called Harry Neff, and um, so she plays a character called Bex. And in this movie, so I googled it. So basically, I was just googling this movie anyway because I like to just to like Google and see the cast. Because basically, the the, the main girl, um, I forget what her actual name is now, but I thought it was the girl who was in the Jesus is a Burby video, mm-hmm. the, the girl who's um, the boy's love interest in that movie. It's not. She's actually act. Oh, do you know what she's actually in? She was actually in a million little pieces. She's. Big Dick's um, love interest in A Million Little Pieces. Um, so I was like, oh, <laughs> did, 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 did it break her into A Million Little Pieces? <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think that was the, uh, the meaning of the title. Um, so when I got it, so I like seen that cast member and I was looking through it and I was like, hmm, the character of Bex isn't listed here. So then I went and clicked on IMDb and I went down and says, oh no, there's Bex there because he's one of the main characters that's like fourth listed. I thought, hmm, Google's being transphobic and not listing a trans actor. And is that the case? It, it appears to be the case. However, if you if you then I then googled "Orange is the New Black" to double check, and Levan Cox is listed in under um in "Orange is the New Black." However, that transactor is very very famous, so that would probably be flagged up quicker if they had missed her out. So, so I don't know. I'm not the person to fly the flag against Google's trans transphobia, but um, like I think it appears to be. This is the only person that's been left out, and I don't under- I just couldn't understand why they done that. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Yeah. Uh, I watched the Banana Splits movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Can you talk about that? Where was uh, it? Well, I was expecting it to be hilarious. I was expecting it to be brilliant. I was expecting it to be full of practical effects and a fun ninety-minute romp, and I was sorely disappointed. Mm. It's very remember Terrifier, that movie that everyone yes. fucking loves and we hate. Yes. Because it is shit. Yes. It, it's like that. It's like they took quite a cool concept, quite a fun concept, and just made it so slow. With very subpar acting. Yeah. And practical effects that at first look quite fun, and by the end of it you're like, oh, I could literally have done that with like a fairy liquid bottle and pipe like pipe cleaners. Yeah. That's thinking back to my Blue Peter days. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's not that good. I bought it on Blu-ray. I'm like, oh fuck! I could have bought something better. I could have bought this movie with massive big schlongs that Scott keeps talking about. <laughs> you should honestly. Uh, That's disappointing so yeah. because it sounds. It seems as if that would be like a kind of funny concept, but. But the end, it, when they then play the banana split song, you're like, ah, oh, do you know what? I, that doesn't even excite me now. Yeah. It's been it's been on, went on too long. Because the whole concept is it's like Westworld. The banana right. splits thing is a, like they're all robots. And right. basically, the robots kind of turn bad. Yeah. 
because they're getting cancelled and it's just give them personality give them a character don't just make them robots that's already born yeah so I wasn't happy with that mm. so much so that I didn't watch anything else I've just refused to watch it <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are now back we're sorry that we took so long uh, everyone's talking flick the, the flick app anyway so everyone that actually listens and talks to us we've been talking to Unless you're not on Flick, in which case yeah. you should get over there and get if, on it. If you're listening, you're there's like you fall in one uh, category. You either listen to us only, which is great. You are in the Facebook page and you listen to us. You're in the Facebook page and you don't listen to us. You are in the Flick group and you don't listen to us. You're in the Flick group and you do listen to us. Or you're in the small subcategory who's in everything. You chat to us and you listen and you just get involved. We love every single one of these equally. That's, you know, the episodes are there for, for listening to. So if you are listening right now, we thoroughly appreciate it because, you know, we don't do this just to be listened to by nobody. Personally, I love you a wee bit more if you're one of the people that are in everything. I know Scott says he loves you all equally. I don't. The ones <laughs> that are in everything, you get a wee bit more love. So if you're not in everything, go over there and milk this love out of me. Yeah, milk, milk like the Nordics. Uh, so yeah, come and check us out on that. We should be back. We'll be back next week. I don't think any of the, any of us have life plans that are going to get in nothing, the way. Hopefully, nothing will interrupt our recording for next week. No, so we should yeah. we should be back on track now for episode one hundred nine, which is going to be your pick. Have you yes. decided yet? I haven't yet. No, but I am going to pick something good. I say that every week, so. If it's the movie with a big dick, I'm going to have to veto it. I mean, never veto each other's episodes, but I'm going to have to veto the big dick one because I'm not interested in watching that right now. We'll just watch that. I'll just watch that on the private screen, just me and you, right? No. <laughs> I was going to say, and I'll show you what a big dick looks like, and that's not even what I want to happen. <laughs> that, that, that is a night in that I do not want to be a part of <laughs> uh, anyway so we'll be back next week with episode 109 in the meantime catch us on Facebook on Instagram on Twitter or over on the Flick app or just on our Facebooks or come to our house talk to us especially if you really like UFOs and you want serious UFO chats go to Scott's house it will bring you in and make you a cup of tea and you can discuss it seriously at length yeah I'll, t- I'll discuss UFOs with you yeah. yeah so yeah we'll see you guys next week See you, pals. Take a pinch of white man. Wrap it up in black skin. Add a touch of blue blood. And a little. Black and King Kiss Mixed with yellow chinkies If you lump it all together Well, you got a recipe for a get-along scene oh, What a beautiful dream If it could only come